to Mrs. Impossible, where the only four-letter word is can't. Can't. C-A-N-T. <laughs> you guys know what I'm thinking. No, okay. Anyway, I'm in Australia. They say a word that sounds like that a lot. So, um, but it's not can't. That's me. That's my personality. And uh, I don't like that word. So welcome to my space, which is now yours too. Mrs. Impossible. And, hmm, well, <laughs> I'll just dive right into our first segment, which is Fresh Picked Thoughts, and uh, let you know just what's going on uh, in my mind today. Instead of going through all of the segments ahead of time, actually, okay, I will for a second. Um, I, I will do a confession booth today, and a segment, a confession booth segment, and I will do a swiping with Cindy segment, and any other segment will be randomly decided on the spot. Okay, maybe a cuddling with crypto segment as well. <laughs> but with fresh pick <laughs> but with fresh pick thoughts. Let's start with fresh pick thoughts. Do I have any fresh pick thoughts? Fresh pick thoughts usually just are things that are bubbling over in me that I just need to get out there and are off the top of my head, unplanned, unwritten. While I stare up at the ceiling thinking, hmm, do I have anything to say? Well, I did just wake up from a nap not too long before I got on the microphone, so I'm a little low. Oh, what's been interfering with my happy energy this week? You want to hear something? Uh, he, <laughs> well, a few things come to mind. One is uh, the fact that, well, this is the thing, the fact that I have been making a radical diet shift, radical, to something called the FODMAP diet. I don't remember if I mentioned this in the last episode. Did I mention this in the last? I did mention it in the la la last episode, says Zane, who's sitting across from me. Okay, so yes, the FODMAP. And, you know, you guys, you guys, you know, I didn't realize how connected my joy is to food. <laughs> it's just so connected. I had nailed exactly a very low calorie, very fulfilling diet. Like it made me feel full and it was low calorie. I was having this special miracle pasta that's like 11 calories for a full bowl. I was having that a few times a day just because I loved it. I even came up with this cashew sauce. And I would have watermelon, which is one of the lowest calorie, if, if not the lowest calorie fruit. I would have that when I was having a sweets craving. And I had this great protein shake with strawberries. I had a beautiful either kale or and or spinach salad with dried organic cranberries. I mean, I was having this every day and I was seeing my my body fat percentage go down and I was starting to see the muscles that I've been working hard towards. And then I realized that I had just become accustomed, accustomed. It's just so, I was just so accustomed to feeling sick that it just didn't occur to me until, you know, I started dating someone a little bit more seriously than I have in a while. And I realized, you know what? I can't be sick around him all the time. I can't do this. I can't be sick around anyone all the time. I have to start putting myself first and taking care of this. So 
I've made a radical diet shift and I have to cut out like most, if not all of the things that I just mentioned in order to go on this low FODMAP diet and F-O-D-M-A-P. Each of those stand for a type of sugar, if I understand correctly. I'm just learning this myself. And it's mostly in everything that's not a protein. So most vegetables, fruits, processed foods, dairy, all of that. But things like meat and fish are safe from FODMAPs. So I was having a lot of meat and fish and protein and zero to very little anything else. And I just felt like I was dying last night. (laughs) And uh, like I stopped feeling things. (laughs) And I felt like I was about to just leave my body until um, I I, I finally ate some good food and and felt myself again. I need some kind of consistency because I am losing my sense of... uh, that regular joy that I have. I just love having a set menu that works for me, even if it makes me sick apparently. But but no, I, I've decided to stop tolerating that and find what's going to work. And it is extremely hard, guys. It is extremely hard because I want to be low calorie, high protein. I'm also gluten-free. I'm dairy-free. <laughs> and now low FODMAP, also minimally processed, if not whole foods. So I have quite a high list. uh, Oh, and uh, low carb. (laughs) So this is what I'm trying to juggle when I go to the supermarket. And when I went today, I thought, you know, there's not much there for me. So that's why I've come so low energy, but I'm still happy to be here in front of the mic. And my soul is waking up from my nap that I woke up from maybe 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago before I walked over here. (laughs) Hmm, what else? Oh, the other thing. Yes. You know, as I was walking over here, I thought, hmm, you know, I have a book that I've been working on and it's taking a long time, as books normally do. And this book, it's my second book, is about boundaries in every human relationship. So it's a relevant topic. And I thought, hmm, what's one of the reasons that I'm happy right now in life? And related to that subject this is a shocker um, <laughs> for some people, except for those who know me well. That, uh, and, and uh, she was one of the inspirations for uh, my book, but she's also the reason that I feel peaceful now. My dad said to me the other day, he said, uh, you know, have you talked to your mom? Have you, have you thought about talking to your mom? I said, you know what, dad, life is just so peaceful not talking to her right now you know she's a, she's in that phase she's in a phase of life where you know certain amounts of interaction aka any <laughs> can be extremely unsettling um and and there's so many you know people uh in the world who take that place who can take that place that that parental place or even a friend um can do that a you know um you know and sometimes even family uh can create a a weight in your life that's unhealthy at times and so I thought you know what yeah because I've been keeping really good boundaries that's one of the reasons I keep pretty consistently healthy and happy as I go through life here in Australia (laughs) where I am literally physically separated from biological family by thousands of miles kilometers so yes those are those are the things that are popping through my mind today and 
what else? My nose is running, so I'm going to step away from the microphone for a second and take care of that and then hop right back. And you won't even know that the time passed. Ta-da! And I'm back with a tissue scrunched up in my hand because I haven't been having my spinach every day, which is full of vitamin C. So now my nose is a little, a little stuffy. I'm just staring at the ceiling wondering look okay so what this so I I I this whole diet thing really has has just really upset me so I'm just sitting looking at the ceiling thinking what what else is on my mind you know what I'm just going to end my uh, fresh pick thoughts segment at that and go on to or you know what before I go on to it um Maybe I should just talk more a little bit about the progress of my, uh, before I go on to the next segment, maybe I'll just talk a little bit more about the progress of my book. Can I talk to you guys about that? I'm going to tell you. Okay. I've had like no progress on the books <laughs> for like a couple of weeks, um, but I am still so excited that, you know, I have to kind of like make the way for it. Um, but one of the uh, things that I've said in a, in, in another episode of this show is that I would tell you guys the next step in making any big change in your relationships based on my book. And the first step that I gave, uh, maybe it was uh, two episodes ago, roughly, I said how, you know, you have to really want something to change in the relationship for there to be a major change. And if that's not there, then no matter what you do on the outside, the inside, if you have no desire for the change to happen, it's just extremely unlikely, very unlikely that any change will happen. So you, so if you have that desire to make a change, that, that's foundational before anything happens in a any relationship, personal, professional, social, romantic, family, anything. Um, but I'm going to give you the next bit from my book as part of this Fresh Pick Thoughts segment, because I said that I would a couple of shows ago, and uh, so I'm finally following up on that. Okay, here we go. I've opened the book on my phone, at least the current draft of it, and I'm, tri- I'm just trying to pick out what is really the, the very next step, right? I think the next step, well, according to my current draft of the book, <laughs> you know, before you make the decision on what you want to do what you want to change, you want to feel good during that decision-making process. And by good, I mean peaceful. You want to feel that peace that I mentioned before when I talked to my dad. I said, you know, but right now I don't see, you know, I don't see a change happening there uh, with that relationship. I, don't, I just don't see, I, I just feel so peaceful right now. And it, and it just pales in comparison to what it, what it was uh, in the past, so I just want to keep things peaceful as they are. I want to feel good, and, and any decision that I make about that relationship or any human relationship that I have, to start at a place where peace leads or that feel-good feeling leads, and that's what I mean by good, then you know that it's going to be a healthy decision. Of course, a lot of people, and I think this is a norm, we make decisions based out of fear or based out of revenge or based out of resentment or based out of what we think we should do in our heads. And oh my goodness, please, if you make any decisions out of what you should do, let your heart be in it, feel good about it, 
feel that peace about it as well. Because if it's just in your head what you should do, your heart might not come along and you might find yourself in uh, a little bit of a pit of emotions (laughs) that goes downhill very quickly. So the next thing is to feel good. One, know you want to change, but make a change happen. But second, it's got to feel good when you're getting ready to sit down and think about what change you're going to make. And that feel-good feeling is a sense of self-nourishing. I'm going to make a decision that feels healthy to me. You know what's crazy? Uh, Not crazy. Uh, I mean, it's crazy in the sense that we've learned to not trust ourselves and not trust our instinct. But the truth is that we have to. And what I was going to say, and I have mentioned it here in my book, is that, you know, when you go to the doctor, you're the one who has to, unless it's an obvious outward uh physical emergency or something that's visibly obvious if you have pain somewhere in your body you have to tell the doctor this he trusts you to go to him or her and say i'll say her i actually have a female doctor she's great anyway uh, they trust you to be the authority of how you feel and whether something feels right and healthy to you or not so how are you feeling today when you sit down on that doctor's uh, bench or seat or whatever it is, the, the little patient area that they have you sit on or lie down on, you know, they ask you, how do you feel? We are the ultimate witness of our own, of whatever's going on internally. So we have to learn to trust whatever it is in us that's saying, no, this isn't good. Something's not right about this. Something is not right about this because you know what? No one else, unless they know you extremely well, is going to be able to see that for you. Some people who do know you extremely well can point things out, but they can't point out exactly what you're feeling inside. And that's why feeling good is the second part of making an important change in a relationship. Are, are you doing it? Are, are you making a change and in, 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 in not feeling good? Maybe it's just because you haven't been taking good care of yourself and your complete perspective on that relationship would change once you start taking better care of yourself, getting the sleep you need, getting the exercise you need, getting you know the right diet in order. And then that could also magically change your decisions about your human relationships anyway so that's that's the second little tip it sounds so simple but it's really quite it can be quite challenging to just sit down and feel good when you sit down to decide on what change needs to be made by you for you in the relationship that you're thinking of and and another one is that you know in in my book and I hope I've mentioned this before, and I'm trying to make it very clear in my book, that that any change we make in any human relationship does not depend at all on the other person. It does not force the other person or expect any certain kind of behavior or response from the other person. There is no force here. Any change in a relationship, from my perspective, must come from us and the decisions and actions that we are personally responsible for, not the decisions or actions that the other person is responsible for, trying to make them do something different or them behave differently, but all true change in a relationship between two people or even organizations must first come from ourselves in order for it to be true and genuine. You know, it's got to be born from within you for you to really own it. Um, 
So that is going to be a really important part of the process of change. Okay, wow, that was a big, long, fresh pick thoughts. That was totally random. I think I did want to talk about my book, but I didn't know when and where uh, in the show I would I would be bringing it up because it's not ready yet. I haven't even told you the title formally, or maybe I did. I don't remember. Did I tell you guys? No, I didn't tell you the title. I was, I'm really excited about the title. I believe it's going to help everyone, and I'm so excited to tell you, but not yet, not yet. Maybe the next show or the show after. Okay. All right, so that's the end of Fresh Pick Thoughts. Now it's time for the confession booth, <laughs> where I confess something that I forgive myself for. And it kind of over, uh, it's kind of, what's the word, overlays? Uh, uh, it kind of mixes with my cuddling with crypto segment, because this confession is about crypto. And here it is. My confession is that I have definitely gotten emotionally involved with my crypto holdings. It has become dangerous to see my happiness correlate with the charts going green and my joy being lost when the charts go red. (laughs) And I uh, do forgive myself for that, which is part of this confession booth segment. I do. And I've decided that it's time to really wisen up. And I joined in um, helping a crypto company called Breakout Solutions, and they have some great ways of doing business and helping people get set up in their crypto journey. But for me, what I realize I need now is to really understand the technical analysis. So I want to study the charts. Tomorrow, I have an appointment with someone one-on-one who's going to show me the charts. I feel a responsibility to learn that better. And I did make some money because I just learned one or two. I learned one or two of the patterns to look out for, and I practiced them, and boom, I won money. (laughs) Uh, Well, one. Yeah, sounds like a a prize. Well, it it was kind of uh, like a, a game and a prize. But then I didn't know enough, though, and only knowing two of the patterns to look for is definitely not enough. And I got stuck at the end of my little good spree. I got stuck in a coin because I, I you know, the value went down after I bought it three times. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it got stuck there for oh, weeks until I could sell it again. So I have gotten called out by Breakout Solutions, by one of the co-founders in my own conversation saying, but it's so exciting. And he says, that's not good. That's dangerous. The emotions, the emotional attachment you have, um, you know, good traders take the emotion out and it's really just a clear, logical decision and game and strategy, strategy being the key word. So I have decided that I will not be doing trading until I learn more technical analysis. My first formal lesson happening tomorrow. Yay. And I really do want to get rid of some of the coins that I've purchased uh, as soon as they hit just a tiny bit over my original buy price. So I could get rid of them. And then I will never look at them again unless they show up in some kind of future uh 
you know, in some future researching of the charts, that's when I will uh, potentially see them again. But my, my little rule is once you sell, just take it off your watch list. There are over 9,600 coins at this point, and you probably won't see it again <laughs> anyway. But you just forget about it and you move on. So I'm, I'm going to be doing that. I love the exciting part of it, and I do want to play it safe. And I have played it safe for the most part. I haven't officially lost yet. I've only, you know, made a purchase and then the price drops, so I can't sell it at a profit yet. So I just kind of wait and wait and wait. So that's, that's waiting. That's just waiting. It's not losing unless I sold it at a loss, which I haven't done yet with any of my coins. So... That is my confession slash cuddling with crypto segment kind of together. Um, and yes, can I keep the excitement without having the lows? Apparently not because of some events in the crypto market making the price of the coins go down dramatically. I have uh, seen my emotions go with that and I thought, no, 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 this, I'm not doing this. I'm not letting this happen again going to do it right. I'm going to do it right. Do I have any other confessions to make? You know what? I, you know, this keeps coming to mind and for some reason, you know, so I've, I, I've been dating now a gentleman who is a gym guy and you can see he's big, he's muscular. And for a while I've been thinking, you know, people, you know, there's this thing called fat shaming. And there's also a thing called fit shaming. And people have made me feel bad. One person in particular comes to mind over the past month. You know who you are, lovely. Um, no. um, and, you know, just as people can make you feel shame for a certain body form, um, well, any people make can make you feel shame, whether, you know, fit or fat, they make you they can make you feel shamed for that. And you know what? I I I felt that I this one particular person made me feel ashamed of wanting someone who's fit. And other uh, guys who I've found on these dating apps have tried doing the same. And uh, I think it's a, it comes from a very negative place when someone says that, and usually they aren't fit. Um, but then they make me feel bad for wanting that. But you know what? Um, I forgive myself for feeling that way, and. I'm totally proud to, one, be living a lifestyle that tries very hard and is very disciplined to keep that fitness, very difficult, and two, to have found someone who's into it too. And I remember thinking, um, you know, <laughs> before I met him, I thought, you know what, if you don't like the fit people look just the fit guys particularly just send them my way send me your beefcakes and if you don't like them send them my way I know that they have the discipline they have the drive they have the consistency that keeps them feeling good about themselves their bodies and their physical health and I will take that yes give it to me send it my way thank you okay so that's the end of the confession booth and in a similar topic to what I was just talking about we're going to have a little bit of swiping with Cindy, where I just talk about the whole dating app and dating thing. Here we go. Swiping with Cindy. So the reason why I'm bringing this one up, 
this segment up is because the other day, you know, I posted a Facebook story and you could see who looks at your Facebook story. So I don't always look at that, but I looked at it the other day and I saw this guy who, <laughs> and it, <laughs> I had met him and he was such a gentleman in every way. You know, he, he bought me the food at the cafe, he pulled the chair out, he poured the water for me. One of those really well-mannered, gentlemanish type. And then I didn't hear from him, uh, you know, for a while. And I thought, he seemed so into me. What happened? Now, now th- I'm talking, this is a while ago. This is a long time ago, but he, he became a Facebook friend, so I haven't really talked to him, but I saw that he had looked at one of my stories and this came to mind I thought I want to talk about this on the show here's the thing the reason why and I won't say his name but you know who you are (laughs) the reason why he didn't (laughs) I didn't hear from him apparently and he and he told this to me in a very calm strangely innocent way that he had and I suspected that he had this because he seems so into me, so keen, as they say. So why wouldn't he try a little harder? And it was because he had something called, can I say a four? Oh, well, the only four letter, I was going to say, can I say a four letter word? I don't personally like saying F-U-C-K, the word, unless I'm genuinely feeling that strong, that strong of an emotion. You could say, you go ahead and say it. I'm not going to say it unless I really feel it strong. I might feel that emotion strong as I tell you the story. But he had an F-U-C-K buddy. And he so calmly told me. And, but I, I had to ask him because I was like, you know what? You seemed really keen, he's, you know, to, to meet me. And um, so I'm just wondering, like, and he was, you know, very good looking and, and built. And I thought his sex drive must be, you know, before he told me about the, the uh, <laughs> funk buddy. <laughs> before he told me about that, um, I thought he, he must have something going on. So, so I did. I asked. I was like, do you have anyone you're dating? No. Is there anyone who you kind of are like not dating, but maybe there's something? He said, yes. And he said, oh, she's just a mm, buddy. So that's what came to mind when I looked, when I saw, my, I looked at who was looking at my Facebook story. I saw his profile and I thought, you know, I really need to tell you guys about that and how, and how someone who seems like such a gentleman can have that. And, 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 and you look, I actually don't look down on him for that or I don't look up for him for that. It's just was an incompatibility for me. And I thought, how will he find a person who, and he seemed to want a relationship. He said it, but doing that is going to conflict with finding a person to have a relationship with, especially for someone like me, because you're already satisfied in that sexual area. So why would you, you know, you don't have as much of a drive or a need to pursue the person you really want a relationship with because you're satisfied and you're spending your time with that other person. So um, if you're listening to the story and there's something obvious that I just don't get, please tell me because I just don't get that. And I actually hope that um, this lovely gentleman, <laughs> uh, when he does want a relationship, that he will um, decide, uh, you know, to discontinue his um, F-U-C-K buddy and um, really genuinely seek a relationship. Really genuinely nice guy. Like even... 
Oh, if I say this, it'll be so obvious. Uh, but he even had pictures of him pushing his grandmother in a wheelchair. I mean, this is the kind of beautiful gentleman that, you know, he is. And I, you know, Australians, he's Australian. And Australians, are st I've just seen them, in my experience, just to be so open and transparent about things. It's beautiful. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it's vulnerable. And even when it hurts, it's, I do appreciate when they are that vulnerable. I have asked several guys in these dating apps, um, you know, have you ever cheated? They'll say, yeah, if they did. And uh, I just haven't, you know, I haven't sensed people trying to cover things up. And, and when an Australian tries to cover things up, it's pretty obvious because they're such transparent people in general. <laughs> Zane is smiling because he knows. <laughs> yeah. So swiping with Cindy, yes, I have not opened a dating app in quite a while. I was chatting uh, with one particular gentleman and I hadn't met him. We were just kind of messaging back and forth, but then, you know, obviously not exclusive, right? Because you hadn't met yet in person and he lived far away, but I was on these, these dating apps and then I met the gentleman who I am now uh, dating. And... <laughs> And the one who I hadn't met yet had somehow assumed that we were, I don't know, that he was disappointed that I had met someone and he kind of felt hurt. Mm. Um, but we hadn't even met. So th that kind of thing can happen even when you hadn't met in person. So anyway, with, with both of those things having gone on, I have not opened my dating apps in a very long time, which is a strange new world for me. <laughs> wow, right? <laughs> What's going on? But I still have a wealth of information about these dating apps. And I kind of miss just the joke factor. And I want to go back and I want to get all the screenshots of the hilarious messages that I've had and put them into one location for everyone. Uh, I would sometimes take little screenshots of the hilarious messages and uh, post them to my Facebook story. And I um, love the responses from people. Um, and I know you guys were really loving it. So maybe I will find those, dig them up and uh, put them somewhere online. Okay, impossible mission time. Okay, so that was the end of Swiping with Cindy and my little flashback <laughs> uh, to a dating app and dating in general experience that I had to tell you guys about. But uh, now let's talk about the impossible mission segment so impossible mission how am i doing with my impossible mission definitely feels impossible i've had <laughs> i've 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 had whoa i'm rolling my chair underneath the table i almost just got swiped under the table on by a slippery rolling chair and so it does feel like an impossible mission to do your own thing uh that's my impossible mission currently um, uh, well, okay. So I've had two impossible missions. My first impossible mission that I talked about with you guys in like the season one, the beginning of season one was, you know, doing my own business, owning my own thing. And right now I just, I don't see any other option for me for happiness. I need to own my what, you know, what I do, what I trade, what value I give in the world. I need to own it don't think or I do think that will be more or sorry well 
back up. I think it will be less likely for me to find happiness if I am uh, not owning my own business and not owning my own vision. And the other thing, of course, that you guys know that is the happiest thing in, um, in all of my missions is, you know, finding that partner. So I am dating someone now. So while that's in the process... Let's go back to the first impossible mission, which is the, uh, <laughs> which is the business thing. Okay, so I find myself so much more focused when I am running my own business. I can look down and time flies. Now I did have those moments working in the corporate world and being assigned tasks and projects that you know, that involved things that I loved. But, you know, those those projects and tasks were really going to be given over to a large organization that were going to consume it and eat it up and maybe throw it out later in life. Whereas the things that I'm working on now are part of my own vision and my own organization. You know, I'm the one who's, who's um, you know, owning this. And so... It's just, it, a whole day went, like five hours can go by in the blink of an eye with me just looking down at my computer. Actually, it became really <laughs> so bad because I started looking up from my computer and everything was blurry. Like, just like everything. I'm losing my vision, but so happy at the same time losing it while I am um, just working my bum off. And I, you know, so much work to do. I wish I could tell you that the book is done. I wish I could tell you that my website is done, although it's near done. And I'm so excited about that. Um, But it's taking, everything seems to be taking 10 times longer than I think. I just don't want to put time frames on anything. And right when I do that, right, is when I'm going to finish it. It's when I don't put a timeline on it. But uh, yeah, you know, I confess I've had defeating thoughts. And again, a lot of that has to do with this major diet change. It it shifts my mood. It brings me down and it makes, you know, it's more likely that negative thoughts come in when I'm battling energy levels and food related, you know, mood issues, hunger and nutrition and all of that. So it's, it's, but I've, I've overcome it. I've come through it. I've come through it. I listen to one or two specific podcasts, gets me through. I will do my meditation. I will do my gym, make sure I get enough sleep, fix my diet. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then my mind suddenly comes back to its original vision and hope and dream of my running my own thing. And I have, look, I have been doing my own business a little bit here and there throughout the past X years, just, you know, on the side, but all the while my full-time gig being the, um, you know, the corporate thing. So I want this to at least set myself up to do the, uh, to do the, to do the business worst case scenario. I work, uh, for, someone else again or some other organization but doing something that I love and I will do it for less money as long as I love it Um, I'm preparing myself financially for that now and making sure that if I do for some reason have to humble myself and go back into the corporate world or some other business that I will accept something that I love doing more for less money so I, I'm making um, smarter financial decisions cutting my budget of things that I'm spending on and being really careful about this 
Okay, well, today's today's show is really short, and you can tell that my diet is definitely infecting me because this show is short, and I usually can talk for ages, but I'm just going to be real. And, um, you know, oh, I didn't even finish my, my green tea. That's probably the reason that I'm, uh, you hear it shaking? That's, I didn't even finish that, guys. Watch, I'm going to finish it and then be like, I wish I, wait, hold on. I need, I wish I said that on the podcast. I need to come back and talk about it. But, um, yeah, maybe I will have a sip. Hold on. I'm going to have a sip and see if anything comes to mind, guys. Okay, the only thing that just came to mind is I was sipping my green tea. It's how beautiful that ginger hair is on the face of the guy that I'm dating. And how I, the whole ginger fascination started for me because uh, back when I was, what, eight years old? This is like not the impossible mission segment. This is becoming the fresh pick thought segment again. It's like fresh pick thought segment part two. But that's all that came to me. I guess, you know, let's call it the end of the mission impossible segment. Uh, but I'm going to give you a, a just a little little bit of insight and interesting um, psychology behind um, um, my uh, ginger fascination is uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I when I was my very first kiss was a ginger guy when I was eight years old. And then I fell in love with a ginger guy again uh, in high school. And then in the end of high school, there was there was this rock star who was ginger fell in love with him. And my first, uh, so the first kiss was ginger. And then my first official boyfriend my, was my senior year of high school. Oh, no, no, no. I did have a boyfriend in sixth grade for like three days. And he was the popular boy. And I was like, I cannot maintain this. This is too much social pressure. So I broke up with him. Um, I did because it was too much pressure because he was the popular guy. And I thought, oh, you know, you have to be rich to date a guy like this. And I wasn't. Um, but then, like, in high school, I had a real, legit, more than three days boyfriend. And he, you know what? I'm trying to think. Was he a little ginger? He definitely had strawberry blonde hair. So maybe that's still the ginger spectrum, right? Okay. And then, <laughs> uh, and, and now there's this guy. And I'm just completely fascinated <laughs> with the ginger hair everywhere. And it's beautiful. And that's really all I could think of as I was just sipping my green tea, guys. I really don't have anything else for you. Um, but as I finish my website, I'm going to be super thrilled to talk about it. As I work a little bit more on my book, I'm going to build up the courage to tell you guys the title. Um, yeah, hopefully in the next week or two, but I'm not going to make any promises. And that's it for uh, today. I'm going to leave you with Oliver's um, parting words, because I know that after you or after I end this show and after you uh, go on to do your next thing, there's something you're going to do today. There's something in your life that you're working on. And Oliver has something to say about that. It is now time to execute your mission. I do not wish you luck. I wish you unstoppable, pure hearted desire, clarity and action. Thank <laughs> you.